Look, it's Cad Bane. Are you sure? Ugh, who else wears a hat like that? Good point. It's time for Send in the Clones! Join your hosts, Puto and Robbie, on an epic journey through a galaxy far, far away as they follow the escapades of Anakin Skywalker and the Jedi Knights with the clone army of the Republic in their struggle against Count Dooku and the droid army of the evil Separatists. So step in and prepare for adventure because it's time to send in the clones! In this episode! Undercover Obi-Wan is abandoned by Cad Bane and Marolo Ival and left to deal with the authorities on Nalhata. The secret Jedi Master recovers to reinsert himself into Ival's confidence, but must then deal with the unwitting Anakin and Ahsoka who try to take Obi-Wan down. Hey, chips, it's your old buddy Bucho, a Clone Wars rookie on my first ever watch of the Clone Wars. And next to me in the dropship on his third ever watch of the Clone Wars, he is the Obi-Wan to my Anakin. It's your trusty pal, Robbie. Hey, how's it going? And we are going to talk about the 82nd episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology. It's written by Brent Friedman and directed by Bosco Ng. It's the 16th episode of Season 4, Friends and Enemies. So Robbie, how about we roll out with you letting us know if you remembered any details about Friends and Enemies before you rewatched it again this week? Well, I remember that this was the... Uh, just by looking at kind of the titles there, I remembered that this is the one where... Well, basically... Anakin and Ahsoka get in the mix and try to screw things up. Right. This is where they kind of, the, the plan gets a little more interesting here. Yeah, and one of the things that's interesting, as soon as they go into that bar, Anakin is all business, and he goes straight to the force choke instead of greasing the palm of the saloon bartender. You know, they could easily just slip him a few credits, and he would they'd probably get the same information. But Anakin goes straight to the force choke, which shows us that he really means business. But also, like, before they go into that bar, we find out that Ahsoka has learned that if you want to find a low life, you start at the saloon. How did you like that saloon scene, Robbie? Well, yeah, and it's one of those things where, I mean, I love seeing Anakin angry, you know, because there's always that, how crazy is he going to get? Yeah. You know, yep. but at the same time, there's a part of me that's, I mean, I can't help but think of, and I know this is probably a mistake, you know, as far as like, or, or just the way that I have it sort of segmented in my head, but I see a force choke as a dark side ability. And maybe that's because of the way that they have those, you know, maybe like in the old, you know, Jedi Outcasts and all those kind of games in the in the past where you sort of had a light side and a dark side. I always think of a force choke as a dark side ability, so it just kind of bothered me to see Ahsoka just kind of be like, yeah, yeah, he's going to just use a force choke and I'm totally cool with it. It just, there's something about it that just makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, I think I didn't have the same issue with it because part of what makes this episode intriguing is that Ahsoka is going through a mourning process, you know, not to the extent that Anakin is, but she loves Obi-Wan too, or loved Obi-Wan too, because it's past tense in her mind. And so she, I'm sure, is harboring not a fiery anger to the same extent that Anakin is, but, you know, maybe there's part of her that is fine with Anakin doing what he's doing right. partly because she understands what he's going through and partly because maybe there's a bit of her that wants to get on with it as well because she wants to get this guy just like Anakin did and not mess around. No, I get that. I just, I don't know. I guess maybe that's just a thing in my head. Like whenever I see that, I'm like, oh gosh, okay, he's really going for it. Yeah, I don't know. I just, is that weird? Is it weird that I have them like different powers sort of segmented off? It's just like you'd never see a Jedi use force lightning. Right. You know. Didn't uh, Anakin choke Poggle the Lesser, though, with a force choke? Oh, yeah, and it bothered me then, too. Yeah. 
So, I mean, from that point of view, it's just, you know, another, I mean, a force choke isn't a separate thing from any sort of other telekinesis, you know, you're just using the telekinesis to crush a windpipe. So while force lightning feels like a separate power, the force choke just feels like an application of a power that both sides share. And I guess it's the decision that you're talking about. And you've also talked about it in Padawan Lost about how Khalifa was using a force choke. And I remember you saying then, it feels like an offensive act. And yeah, I agree with you about it, but that's why it's sort of fit for me for Anakin because he is on the offensive here. Right. I should probably just get over that in my head. <laughs> just say, you know what? It's just like anything. It's like, you know, force picking up a glass. It really is the same thing. It's just one's a little more forceful and one's used to, you know, hurt another person. Sure. <laughs> and speaking of hurting another person, although Cad Bane doesn't actually hear it, but I really enjoyed how Ahsoka threw a bit of shade at Cad Bane's hat when she spotted him on Arondia. And when she says, hey, look, it's Cad Bane. Anakin says, are you sure? And Ahsoka says, yeah, no one else would wear a hat like that. And so that was fun. And also fun with Ahsoka. And also on the offensive here, I mean, this is actually not a good segue, but I've got a note here about Obi-Wan's crash landing on Nell Hutter, which is intentional. I mean, he explains that we've got to ditch the ship and we've got to crash this thing, but it's so much more crash than landing. I mean, usually a crash landing yeah. doesn't involve the ship somersaulting and breaking up. And I just kind of, I mean, we talked in the previous episode about how beat up Obi-Wan's been getting lately and he's almost choosing. This is, this is a very violent crash that Obi-Wan puts himself and Moralo Ival and Cad Bane through in this episode. Yeah, it's uh, I've always thought of Obi-Wan as less skilled in flight than Anakin. So right. I kind of feel like, you know, Anakin would have would have still crashed the ship. Yeah. But it wouldn't have made it where, well, let's almost die. Yeah. You know, I don't think that would have been part of Anakin's plan. Yeah, I agree with you, but we also get another Obi-Wan crash later in the episode when he decides to ram Ahsoka and Anakin's ship and to crash both of them while Anakin is outside trying to fight Cad Bane and Ahsoka of course is at the controls of the other ship so this whole deal felt felt like a very un-Obi-Wan like very risky aggressive maneuver to me and I don't know if he's maybe just getting too much into enjoying playing a bad guy here I don't know how did you read that second crash that everyone puts them through in this episode that is not just risking Morale Evel and Cad Bane but is also risking two people he cares a lot about well I, th- I think I don't think it's shown explicitly in the episode but it's one of those things that I really enjoy about any sort of undercover sort of episode or undercover sort of the storyline in any kind of show is that his dilemma is he's like he's annoyed with Anakin that he's even there number one and he wants to put them in a situation to get away but he's got to make it look good and he's got to make the decision to try to take them out and disable them so they can get away but do it in a way that's not so dangerous that it's going to kill anybody you know and it's like it's a really tough situation that Obi-Wan is in right now you know so he's just like dang it Anakin go away yeah. you know and that's why at the end when he when he just kind of holds him and just says Anakin do not follow me even though he's not explicitly telling him that hey I'm Obi-Wan and you know chill out but there's a little bit of frustration in his voice there that I really like so yeah I mean it's just a tough situation in fact I thought it was actually pretty telling that Anakin starts off the chase by ramming into him right 
You know, I mean, that's it's like, okay, well, I guess that's how we're going to play this. Yeah, I enjoyed that this was a fight between two ships that didn't seem to have guns. And so Anakin deciding, you know, I can't shoot them down. So I've got to force them down some other way. And that's the old ramming trick. And maybe there's also a sense that he wanted to take them alive. You know, he didn't want to blow the ship up. I mean, I, I can't remember if that ship of Anakin's does have guns, but I like that it was almost like a dogfight between two transports, you know, and they right. didn't have guns. And so they had that low level chasing that was a lot of fun across the surface of Nal Hutta. We haven't really talked about Nal Hutta yet, and I've love everything about the way they realized Nal Hutta, both the wilderness swamp part with his, I think there's a Minox flying around, and also really like the settlement town, the Babuza Bazaar, and I've just, I mean, I'm always a fan of any sort of underworld place, any, any sort of ramshackle place, and this Babuza Bazaar and just Nal Hutta in general, I thought it was a ton of fun, Robbie. Yeah, I, the whole world almost looks sickly in a way. Yeah. It almost reminds me of like... Doesn't Morallo say it stinks at some point? Yeah. I can't remember if it's Morallo or is it Cad Bane, one of them, or maybe it's... Like a stink hole, yeah. Yeah. The whole thing just kind of gives a very unwelcome <laughs> uh, view to it. I mean, I just really, I really liked it. I really liked the way that it looked. Yeah, it's definitely not going to be on our itinerary for our Star Wars Galaxy, you know, tour vacation thing. Yeah, I don't think so. But, you know, from the point of view of firing and imagination, you know, it's like a wild, one of those Wild West sort of places that are always exciting to see. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of design work in this episode that is very reminiscent of designs that weren't gone with, like, in the previous, uh, like, in the original trilogy. Like, for example, the helmet that Obi-Wan picks up is an abandoned design for Boba Fett. Okay. For Empire. I like the little detail that Cad Bane, you know, he picks up Indiana Jones' hat for a second and then puts it down, yeah. uh, which is kind of cool. Yeah. But then there's another element that I, I think I noted on a previous episode and just didn't bring it up. It's uh, the ships that the huts, you know, they're chasing them. They, they kind of shoot at them. It's almost like a some sort of winged insect kind of ship. That was one of the designs for the Imperial shuttle in Return of the Jedi. Okay. I just, I like how this show in particular is constantly, you, you know, reusing some of those past abandoned designs so I just really, really like that about the this episode in particular. There's a lot of them. Yeah, I'm sure if you're creating a show like this, it sort of works on two levels. For one thing, you get to pay tribute to a lot of the designers who, you know, came up with them in the first place. And, you know, the other thing is if you go back to the source, you've got a much better chance of making this version of Star Wars feel a lot like Star Wars. And I mean, I think, I, like I said, all the way back to the very first episode we covered, all the way back to Cat and Mouse, I straight away felt like with the ship's and the design of the thing, I straight away felt like this was legit Star Wars. And another way this episode, I guess, feels a bit like legit Star Wars, I'm always happy to see some Gamorrean guards. You know, the Return of the Jedi was my sort of first Star Wars in a lot of ways, and so those Gamorrean guards, they're always fun for me to see. And I also liked, speaking of saloons and speaking of Nalhada being a Wild West place, Slice Noodles coming out of the saloon and propped up by a couple of Twi'lek girls just as Anakin and Ahsoka are going in. And I know you're not a fan of Slice Noodles, Robbie, but did you at least enjoy that they had that brief, that very brief scene of her exiting the bar like that? You know, it's funny because I actually missed that. I think I was looking somewhere else, but I, I noticed that in the uh, in sort of the, like sort of the episode breakdowns and stuff like that. That uh, that yeah, <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny that they did that. Yeah, I would have missed it visually, but I heard the voice, and once I heard that voice, you know, that's uh, there's only one person who has that voice, and so that made me actually go back and take a look, because my eyes were on Anakin and Ahsoka, but that voice came out, and I thought, wait, I know that voice. 
And there she is, with, uh, with a toilet girl under each arm, and seeming a little bit, uh, I mean, she seems like she's had a good night at that point. <laughs> but not having quite as good a night, Robbie, that is poor Pablo. And he gets kind of bullied around by Moralo and by Cad Bane. But I liked how it was a chance to show that Obi-Wan just can't help being a good guy. Whenever he gets the chance, even when he's undercover, he tries to pass on a tip to Pablo just after Cad Bane roughs him up. And another thing I liked about this episode was that during his call with Palpatine, Mace comes face to face with how unwise it was not to tell Anakin about the plan. I mean, this thing that I was kind of, I had an issue with in the previous episode. I liked that at least they're kind of starting to realize that the plan was a bad idea in the first place and i did like how it set up a fun race against time as yoda sends mace to tell anakin the truth before he ends up getting himself and obi-wan into some real trouble on nalahada yeah i mean i i really liked that part of it it's sort of like when movies do this sometimes where they will have a character or someone hopefully kind of echo the audience's thinking and i think that's the point of that you know i mean i really really like that and I love the fact that we have Palpatine yet again yeah. taking every opportunity to manipulate Anakin in any way he can and sow those seeds of mistrust. I really, really enjoyed that part of it. And especially like, I mean, this this whole thing is, is to try to save Palpatine, yet he can't help to be involved yeah. and he can't help to take that opportunity to, to get Anakin looking both ways. You know what I mean? I just, I, I love that. Yeah, I mean, we've said it before, and I'm sure we're going to say it again before the series is out. There is just something so delicious about any scene with Palpatine talking to Anakin. And speaking of things that are delicious, Robbie, we can get to our favorite shot of the episode here. What was your favorite shot of Friends and Enemies? You know, there was a a lot of cool little moments and little shots and things like that. But my favorite one was the shot of Ahsoka standing guard over Anakin. I just... Oh, same. Yeah. Snap. That's my favorite shot of the episode. I just thought it was really cool. And apparently you agree. I do, Robbie. There's a shot just before that that I was thinking was going to be your favorite shot of the episode when Ahsoka springs out of the mist. That is such a great moment, such a sweet moment. She springs out of the mist with both lightsabers drawn just as Cad Bane is about to shoot Anakin, which is a little bit of another head scratcher for me because it looks like Obi-Wan is not going to stop him so thank goodness Ahsoka did turn up to stop him but yeah I agree that shot of Ahsoka standing guard against Cad Bane and Obi-Wan slash Rucker with her lightsabers drawn and lit up and she's kind of like crouched like a cat yeah made me think just in that moment of like a cub who's standing guard over her uh, mother or I guess father who's been you know shot down or injured or something and just a really touching and awesome looking shot. And that deep, dark sort of purple nighttime Arondian mist swirling around them. Just a beautiful shot aesthetically. And also a beautiful shot for what it tells us emotionally. And the other shot I was kind of tossing up was, I mean, you just talked about it. Palpatine and Anakin. There's a close-up of Palpatine where we can only see Palpatine's eye. And Anakin is just behind him looking furious and tormented. You know, just another awesome shot, a sweet piece of composition and a thing that tells us so much about where both of those characters are at that moment. And so before we bring this one for a landing, Robbie, we need to sum up and give our ratings. So after your third ever watch of Friends and Enemies, how did you like it? And where does Friends and Enemies sit on that four-star Robbie scale? Well, I feel like I'm sort of kind of 
thinking that maybe this arc is a little more important than I'd originally given it credit for, simply because I think we learned so much about sowing the seeds of mistrust to Anakin, I think is an important detail. And it's something that I think any time that we can get that, I think it sort of enriches his eventual turn in episode three. Right. So in a way, I feel like it is important and I feel like it is needed. But uh, look, I enjoyed the episode. I just don't think it's like, you know, top tier. So I think I'm just going to give this one a three out of four. Yep, I'm right there on the same page on pretty much every note you just mentioned, Robbie. I've got it at a seven, which, you know, is, I mean, we talked, uh, I guess, off air a little while ago about how uh, while our rating systems don't necessarily map perfectly in a mathematical sense you know i think a seven for me is basically a three for you where it's a solid episode there's one or two little issues but i found it was mostly a solid episode it just wasn't one that completely blew me away but you know like i said before seven is very solid and it's an episode that you know if and when i do a rewatch i'll be looking forward to this one and that is mission accomplished for season four episode 16 friends and enemies so robbie would you please let the troops out there know they want to send in a transmission about how much they enjoyed or didn't enjoy friends and enemies how can they reach us of course we are bucho and robbie at gmail twitter and instagram that's b-u-c-h-o-a-n-d-r-o-b-b-y yes sir and of course the troops can join us again next time for the 83rd episode in the starwars.com clone wars chronology season 4 episode 17 the box and until then this is your old buddy bucho alongside your trusty pal robbie and we are out. Remember, you can support sending the clothes for free simply by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes or any other podcast platform and Bucho and Robbie will read the review on a future feedback episode. And speaking of feedback episodes, you can also send either a text or an audio message of 60 seconds or less to Bucho and Robbie at gmail.com May the force be with you.